0: Tonight, as a part of WBEZ's continuing series, Facing Violence, Chicago Matters, we address the issue of domestic violence. There was a time in this country, as recently as the 19th century, when a man was allowed to beat his wife with a club, as long as the club was no wider than his thumb. The right of chastisement, or rule of thumb as it came to be known, is no longer on the books, but violence in the home is still very much with us. There's no one definitive study. The federal government doesn't keep overall statistics on domestic violence, nor do all the states. Estimates range from one to four million reported incidents of domestic violence against women each year. Millions more go unreported. Studies also indicate that women between the ages of 15 and 44 are more likely to be injured by their husband or boyfriend than they are by automobile accidents, muggings, and rapes combined and at least one-third of all women who are murdered in this country die at the hands of their husband or boyfriend. In other words, a woman faces the greatest risk not from a stranger, but from a man she knows, intimately. Dan Collison has the story of one case of domestic violence in Chicago. It's called Fear on the Inside, and a warning to listeners. Because the story deals with such a highly charged situation, it contains some strong language.
1: In this program, you'll meet a woman named Anna. It's a pseudonym. She asked that her real name not be used. When I gave Anna a tape recorder back in February, she was in constant fear for her life. Just three days earlier, her estranged husband had threatened to kill her.
2: It is February 27th, about 8.30 in the morning. Uh, it's a Sunday morning. I would, usually, I would be getting ready for church. My baby is laying next to me asleep. Um, I've been sleeping with her for the last couple of days because, I don't know, I just need her close to me in case I have to move real quick. Um, the building is kind of quiet, um, but I have a lot of things planned to c- occupy my time since I can't go out the house. I don't feel safe enough to go out the house. Um,
1: Anna is 33 years old. She's a drafting teacher and a coach at a Chicago public high school and is two classes short of her doctorate in education. She grew up in a middle-class neighborhood of Chicago with all-American dreams. Uh,
2: You know, where you get married, have two and a half kids, dog, house, nice yard, white picket fence around there, and live like Ozzie and Harriet or the beaver's mom and dad happily ever after. In
1: 1991, Anna met a man she thought would be the Ozzie to her Harriet. We'll call him Ben. Ben was quiet, reserved, and she thought respectful of women. But several months after they were married, Anna says his behavior began to change. He became insanely jealous, accusing her of flirting with her students and of having affairs.
2: And then he started ratting and raving about the tramp I was, that I wasn't in school. I was in a hotel doing this and that and other. And just ratting and raving. I couldn't understand where, you know where all this was coming from and then he took me behind this house right off the expressway of Oakwood, and it looked like it was deserted in that area and he uh, commenced to beating on me and banging my head against the window and kicking me and inside the car just jumping on me really bad
1: anna says she was treated for cuts and bruises the first of what would be numerous visits to the hospital she and ben separated but after repeated apologies and promises that he would never beat her again, they got back together. This cycle, the beatings, the separation, the apologies, and ultimately the reconciliation would continue for the next year and a half. In July of 1993, Anna broke the cycle. She took their 10-month-old baby and moved in with her brother's family. Then the stalking began.
2: Well, when she was living here, he just would keep keep calling or um, driving up, parking his car, um, behind her car on the other, you know other side of the street.
1: Carla is Anna's sister-in-law.
2: He would park there, and then he would leave and go to the telephone booth and call. And then, I, you know, if she wouldn't talk to him on the phone, then I think he would get back in his car and then drive back. But the main thing was just trying
0: to see where she was going, what she was doing, that sort of thing.
1: The stalking was beginning to disrupt her brother's household. So in February of this year, without her husband knowing it, Anna moved into her own apartment when she didn't show up at her brother's house one night. Anna got a call at work the next day.
2: He apparently had sat outside of my brother's house all night, and I didn't come home. And because he sat outside all night long, he swore I was, of course, sleeping with somebody. It couldn't have been nothing else. And that I was still legally his wife, and that's still his damn baby. And I'm up here with some other man, and he's not going to have it. He said, I told you before, if I can't have you, nobody will. You know. And he went on and on, and then he told me he was going to kill me and kill that fucking baby.
1: That night, as she was driving home from her aunt's house after picking up her baby, there he was.
2: He drove up next to me and told me, bitch, roll down your window. And he pulled a gun up, and I took off. And my car ran the red lights and everything. And he followed me until I did a 360-degree turn up there on 79th and Western and got away from him and and flagged down a cop that was giving somebody a ticket. That's the only way I got away from him.
1: Anna didn't know whether her husband meant business or whether he was trying to scare her, but she wasn't taking any chances. She filed a police report, and the next day, warrants were issued for his arrest. Then she waited.
2: It is... 10:38 on Sunday evening. I haven't heard from the police. I don't know whether he has been picked up or not. I am hoping that he has and they just have not notified me. The baby is down and asleep. <clears throat> she's not feeling well today. She's been throwing up. Uh but she's sick on and off all the time. These days, uh, we live a kind of stressful life here. I'm behind on a lot of things I need to do because of my not being able to concentrate. I still need to work on my lesson plan book so I can hand that in. I still need to do some reading, but I can't concentrate in order to read for my classes. Tomorrow I have to go to work. I have to see my kids and try to explain to them why I was absent without telling them the truth. (coughs) Well, I'm going to sign off for the night and let me go to bed now. And hopefully I can go to sleep and rest because I'm tired every morning because I can't rest. Okay.
1: Monday morning, Anna goes to work, the first time since the gun threat four days earlier that she's been out of her apartment by herself.
2: Okay, I'm in the car now. It is about seven thirty, eight forty, 8.40, somewhere around there. I'm on my way to work. I'm going a different route now. Anything to confuse him. I'm nervous and scared, but I got things I have to do to make my kids happy at school. I have to do. I don't um, know how I'm gonna feel once I get to work, but hopefully I won't show on the outside the fear that's on the inside. fifth
1: period drafting class, the fear on the inside is not evident. Anna, the teacher, is hardly recognizable from the apprehensive Anna of this morning.
2: Okay, now, you get to use my special paper. My special paper is 75 cents a sheet. If you treat it like toilet paper, I'm going to be upset. (laughs) Well, when you're at your job, you have to do your job. And I've always been able to try to make that a whole different life. So I can even when things are real bad like it was last week and before then some other times, cut that off and turn on a whole nother person. You gotta do three views! That person is more superficial, I guess. It's not as uh, warm as the other, but I'm able to do that in order to hide what's really going on in my mind and in my feelings. Ah, did you follow rules? Your numbers look good. Did you follow rules? What's the first rule I said? Is unidirectional. All the numbers go in the same direction. You twist it around and make it a line. Just upset me, why don't you? Plus, how far apart are... It is 10-18 on Monday evening. call today. He had the audacity to ask me to forgive him and that he was sorry and would I forgive him. That is some gall. I told him no way, no how. He also elected to ask, could he see the baby? No way, no how. No intentions on allowing on him to see the baby. If he wants to see the baby, he's going to have to take me to court.
1: This kind of directness doesn't come easy for Anna these days. It's more characteristic of the person she was before she got married.
2: She's become more passive.
1: Charlene has been Anna's best friend since high school. She says the old Anna was self-assured and decisive.
2: Now she's kind of hesitant, Um, dust-moppish sometimes. That's what (laughs) I don't know, she's... I don't know, Uh, like she lacked confidence where she used to take charge. Now she kind of falls back. I could take this from her because I know she did not mean it in a bad way. And she's right. She's right.
1: In the beginning, Anna didn't tell Charlene or anyone else about the beatings. She says it was a combination of shame and fear that kept her silent.
2: I felt that I was being a poor mother and a poor human being for allowing him to come back. But I was scared. I wanted him to be my friend because I was scared what he would do if he was my enemy. It is hard after you put so much effort in making something work that you've been waiting all your life for and wanting so badly to work. It's hard to, you know, just say it's a failure.
1: So it wasn't until Anna kept showing up at the emergency room with black eyes and bruises all over her body that she was finally forced to admit there was something terribly wrong at home.
2: They gave me some information about abuse, and they told me they couldn't release me if I was going back there. They only could release me if I was going somewhere else, and so my sister-in-law said I was going with her, so they released me.
0: Lino Gibson to the triage area. Lino Gibson to the triage area.
2: According
1: to the American Medical Association, anywhere from 22 to 35 percent of women who come to hospital emergency rooms are in physically abusive relationships. A lot of these women don't initially acknowledge they're being abused. Like Anna, they're ashamed or afraid. And many times, medical personnel don't ask. Dr. Carol Warshaw is co-director of Cook County Hospital's Crisis Intervention Project.
3: The standard of care now is for there to be routine screening of all women in medical settings, and most healthcare providers don't do it for a lot of reasons. Some of it's that they don't know. Some of it's that they're not comfortable asking. Some of it's that they don't think it's part of their role. Um, some of it's that it raises painful emotional issues that they're not prepared to deal with They're not trained to deal with, that their medical training um, sort of trains out those capacities. Those things aren't valued in a medical setting. So there's a lot of resistance to asking.
1: Here at Cook County Hospital, Dr. Warshaw is trying to help health care providers work through that resistance.
3: So let me ask first, how many of you ask every woman patient? At
1: this training session, doctors and nurses say they try to make it part of their routine to inquire about domestic violence, but sometimes it's a burden.
2: Like, you know, if, if, uh, you, don't, if you have time, you know, you can have, good, like, good amount of time. You can go in detail. What if you don't have
3: time? You have like multiple things to do uh, so you don't even feel like you know asking. Do you normally do a social history at all? Yeah. So what if it just gets added in? Like if you're doing a sexual history, it's just part of it. Does your partner ever force you to have sex when you don't want to or, or refuse to use a condom if you want to? Or Physicians are aren't the
1: only history? ones getting trained to deal with domestic violence. Police are now beginning to spot trouble before it turns deadly.
0: 86? Yes, I do. I want to police the 395 plane. Okay, what's going on there? Hello? No, I'm sorry. I disregard that call, okay? I'm just angry. Ma'am? No, it's okay. Honest. Who else is there with you? No, it's all right. Please. You sounded very upset when you called. I know. I'm having a temper tantrum. I'm sorry. You sure you don't need the police? Positive. Okay, ma'am? Yes. If you really don't need us, tell me a number between 1 and 5.
3: Okay. um, 6. I'm Sergeant Nathan Silas, uh, Neighborhood Relations Sergeant for the 3rd District, also the Project Coordinator for the Domestic Violence Reduction Unit in the 3rd District.
1: In Chicago, police are teaming up with civilian counselors to intervene in domestic disputes early on. They're in the process of developing a computer database to identify high-risk households.
3: We found that some families uh, call every other day sometimes, or they'll call every weekend two and three times a day. The computer will pick that up, and that will give us an indication that uh, we might be able to help them.
1: Had the Domestic Violence Reduction Unit been in place when Anna started calling 911, she might have more confidence in the police today. The first two times she called, she says the same officer responded.
2: and he was He was real nasty, that man. And, like, I was the one that caused this. And I was the one that I should accept this, you know. You got to uh, make your marriage work. You can't be like this. And this is things he was saying. I'm, you know, I'm, you can see my clothes have been ripped off and stuff. And I'm sitting up there hysterical. You tell me I need to work it out. And he said, I'm tired of you women always crying every time you uh, get, you know, in an argument with your husbands. And, um. then he made a statement, which was kind of true. He said, I'm tired of, you know, we kick him out and you all let him back in. And it's true. I was letting him back in. Uh, but at the time, I needed his help, and I wasn't getting it. And that was, should have been irrelevant to the fact that I would have let him back in. Okay, let me be the fool, but at least do your job while I'm being the fool.
1: These days, Anna is still frustrated with the police. It's been five days since her husband's death threat at gunpoint, and there's still no word of his whereabouts.
2: It's Wednesday, March 2nd, 8.35 in the evening I haven't heard anything about The police is taking forever Forever to pick him up I would think they would do it a lot quicker But I guess not I guess this is not a priority situation I guess if something actually happened to me Then they would see it as a priority I'm not feeling well the doctor says that I'm uh, I have a nervous stomach, and he prescribed me some anti uh, um, some Pepto Bismol, KO Pectate, to try to settle my stomach. The baby's no better, but uh, I'll talk to a doctor in the morning. <laughs> Normally, she wouldn't be talking, but I guess because she's missed me, she's all over me. That makes me feel good. You know, out of all the turmoils and trials and tribulations that I'm going through, one thing that I never would give back or never give up is this beautiful baby of mine. Even though half is mine and half is in terms of her genes and what's in her body. Stop it. I would never give her up because she's the best thing that's happening out of this whole situation. Well, I'm gonna sign off now because Alex won't, won't let me talk anymore. She wants my attention.
1: Children's Activity Room at Greenhouse, the oldest of five battered women's shelters in Chicago.
3: not you say you love me too? Come on, Fred. Come here, Freddy.
1: Anna says she never had to consider going to a shelter. She was able to move in with her brother until she could find her own apartment. While women with more means can go elsewhere, shelter director Beatrice Burgos says some do end up at Greenhouse
3: abuse has no barriers of uh, cultures and societies and uh, class i think that it affects everyone and uh, we have often women that are uh, they are doctors themselves married to another doctors or very affluent people and um lawyers or police officer wife it doesn't matter you know It just Abuse is abuse. It doesn't see no no barriers for it.
1: And it doesn't seem to matter if a woman is pregnant. One woman at the shelter has a permanent black eye, the result of a beating she says she received three weeks earlier. At the time, she was more than eight months pregnant.
2: I'm due. Today is my due date. And I really didn't think that this would actually happen by me being so far along, you know, at least... Granted, well, she's pregnant and, you know, I can hold off my anger or whatever if I have to until after, but it wasn't like I was even pregnant. I mean, I was just totally mopped in our kitchen floor with my back. So, I mean, it just was uh, a scene that you see on a on a TV screen, you know, on a show.
1: Anna says she was beaten twice during her pregnancy, The second time, she went into premature labor.
2: The baby was very small, not breathing on her own, um, hard not doing what it's supposed to do. Uh, Very sickly baby. And I guess the only reason why I didn't leave then was because I was so bogged down with the, wow, I got this baby, you know. And the fact that she was so tiny, and I was so helpless right then, and he was being super nice.
1: Two months later, Anna says the violence resumed. This time, she feared that her child might also be in jeopardy.
2: He beat me again, and he had thrown the baby onto the bed and threw some stuff out the window, told me he was going to throw me out the window and throw that damn baby behind me. Uh, The baby wasn't his, and just went on and on and on.
1: Oftentimes, women don't leave abusive relationships, don't seek outside help, until their children are threatened.
2: Hello again to all my friends. Barney? What?
1: In Anna's case, protecting and providing for her baby became her number one priority, the main reason for her separation and for moving into her own apartment.
2: I really want her to have the opportunities to grow up and be a happy child. And the only way I could think that this could happen is if her father is totally out of her life because I don't think he wants to do anything but bring her down. Plus, I think he would do bodily harm to her, and I told him that. I told him, I said, you're going to cause her bodily harm because you're not rational when you get upset.
1: The last time he got upset, when he pulled a gun and threatened to kill her and the baby, Anna had had enough. In the middle of a winter blizzard, she came here to domestic violence court. From Monday through Friday, a steady stream of women walk through these revolving glass doors and into one of three judges' chambers, seeking arrest warrants, prosecution, or some kind of legal protection.
2: I was jumped on by my boyfriend again last night. He beat me up again. And so i um, trying to keep it from happening again. I thought he just broke my nose or whatever because I started bleeding, but he, he had something in his hand or a ring or something on and it put a big gash in my head or whatever. So then there was the ambulance and everything. Everybody had to come in and ask me if I wanted to file charges against this guy and I told him, yeah.
3: Push me down on the floor, pull my hair really bad. Um, Cracked me in the head, things that hurt.
1: Threatening phone calls, he called my mother 18 times. He called my sister 15 times. He called my girlfriend on her job. He called me and threatened
2: to kill me. Kicking me, hitting me, scratching me, uh, calling me constantly, threatening my life and everything. I just came to the conclusion that I can't take it anymore. I want him out of my life.
1: Making that happen isn't always easy. Domestic violence court, like the rest of the legal system, can be confusing and intimidating. When Anna got to court, she was already exasperated.
2: Her first words were, I'm too old to go through this shit. And I need help. He's going to kill me.
1: Susan Murphy Milano is an activist who helps battered women navigate the legal system. She helped Anna obtain four warrants for the arrest of her husband, for assault with a weapon, for making threatening phone calls, and for twice violating an earlier order of protection. But Murphy Milano says warrants are useless unless the police act on them and put the abuser in jail. She's filing for divorce. She wants out.
2: He is going to do anything to get her control back. Once he cannot obtain that, there is a possibility of her dying. That's where this can go very easily.
1: Susan Murphy Milano knows all too well about men who threaten to kill their wives. In 1989, her father, a Chicago police officer, made good on his promise to murder her mother. Then, he killed himself.
2: My mother died for no reason, in my opinion.
1: Her mother had tried to get help, but ultimately, no one believed that her father would do what he did.
2: Maybe my father may have physically pulled the trigger, but the system helped him pull it because he thought he had control to do that. We have to get out of that mentality. It's got to change
0: the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light Jesus the light of the world shall we pray our heavenly father
2: this is Sunday March 6 I didn't make it to church today but somebody happened to drop off a tape of my ministers uh, sermon for today
0: Lord we thank you for all that you've brought us through this week. It hadn't been easy for some folk, Father, but you brought us all the way. Somebody had to go into the hospital. And he's
2: right, it hasn't been an easy week. It hasn't even been an easy year for me. But it's got to get better. The initial fear has subsided somewhat. I was terrified last Sunday, scared to go anywhere, scared to leave the house, scared to even look out the window. This Sunday, I think I have built up a bad attitude, attitude that is kind of maybe detrimental to myself, that I refuse to allow him to manipulate and control my life. And even though I am still fearful and scared and nervous, I'm not going to allow him to make me a recluse in my own home, in my own life, in my own world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I saw a friend today, somebody who knew me when. And we were talking, and I told her in a joking manner, yeah, I got married, had a baby, and now I'm trying to get divorced. And, and she, so she laughed about it, and, and we just went on talking. I found out that she was abused. And we talked about the abuse that we both sustained. And she talked about, you must get him out of your life. You must do whatever necessary to get him away from you because it never stops her stop because her husband died. And I guess I will be living this until he dies. And I don't wish death on anyone. I don't wish it. But as long as that devil is doing what he's doing to his mind, he can't be God's child. He's devil's instrument. But I'm a God-fearing woman. And I know God will protect me. And I do have that faith that God will protect me and look after me and my child. That's all for today.
1: Three weeks later, in late March, Anna's husband was arrested. He posted bail of $500 and was released the same night. The case is now winding its way slowly through the courts with no certainty about the outcome. And so Anna waits, with the knowledge that the fear on the inside might be with her for a very long time.
0: Fear on the Inside, a story of domestic violence, was produced by Dan Collison and edited by Gary Cavino. It's part of WBEZ's continuing series, Facing Violence, Chicago Matters. Thanks to Vicki Coffey, director of the Chicago Abused Women's Coalition, and to Beth Schultz, coordinator of the Cook County Hospital Crisis Intervention Project. Chicago Matters is a collaboration among WBEZ, Channel 11, the Chicago Public Library, and the Chicago Community Trust, Chicago's 79-year-old community foundation. Transportation for this series has been provided by United Airlines. This is 91.5 FM, WBEZ, Chicago.